previously on Box Cutters. When, when did you want, did you want to play the Marion theme? Did no, you, you want don't. to sing it? I, if you don't want me to do it, it's fine. I, no, just, no, I was you, just making an offer. Do you want, do, I'll, I'll gladly have you sing it. I'll totally sing it. Yeah? Yeah. So I've got a version of it. All of it. It's very short. It's okay. only got two verses. I feel awkward about people singing near me. That's cool. I could do it in the corridor. No, it's fine. No, you can't because this is with the microphone. Oh, damn. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 306. It's kind of like music with Angry Birds. My name is Josh Canal. To my left... Courtney Hawking. Hi, Josh. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Is it just me, or uh, am I sounding a bit echoey? You you are, but we aren't in our normal. Uh, no, we're, not, we're not. It's it's studio. it's freaking me out just to, just because I can't get any closer to this microphone. No, you can't. No, can't. you're really you're I almost tonguing the microphone at this point. I've just adjusted the ring. Has mm. that that's helped a bit? A little bit. A little this bit. is riveting listening. It's this is the this is real life. Yeah, but they're not. This here is how for that. this is how it works. They've got Courtney. their own lives for that sort of tedium. This is the uh, this is the real life of uh, talking about television. We start again. Oh, I will start again. Good. Jade, can you can you talk? Not. Yes, I can talk. Okay, great. That, that's as loud as she gets. Remember? Yes. That You'll is, have to put my levels up higher. Yeah, that is. That's all good. All right, good. No, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 306. I don't need that. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hawking. Hey, fakes. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And tonight, viewers of the uh, video podcast, no video we'll, podcast. We'll see that we're in much different environs. We're playing we're the coming, MCG tonight. Coming direct to you live from Studio One at Triple R in lovely downtown East Brunswick. The famous Jade Gulliver of the Thursday Morning Different Strokes uh, radio show she's on, a, on she's, Joy 94.9. She is our guest donor. She's a celebrity radio broadcaster she from is. another station. She's well, another station, a station. <laughs> It's, this doesn't go out on any station, Brett. Just because we sneak into Triple R and record it without them knowing we wear bandit masks and come in and take over a studio. It's really hard That's, to be funny with a bandit mask on. It's, really? I find it easier. You've always been tough that way. So Jade Gulliver is our, our guest owner. She, uh, she helped us get to Austin, Texas for, for our special South by Southwest 300th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are also a victim of the Box Cutters curse. What is that? Well, the box cutter's curse is, uh, is is this thing whereby we do something and then someone dies or it is cancelled. Oh, yeah. So if if we mention, like I mentioned Eartha Kitt. In fact, I mentioned that Eartha Kitt was dead. And then uh, two weeks later, she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, episode, I mentioned John Updike. And eight hours later, John Updike died. Uh and it's sounding more like I'm too young for cl- this. I really am. <laughs> like I've got my whole life ahead of me. Well, oh, I see your concern. You uh, <laughs> yeah. you did you, you did a podcast called the Podcraft, mm-hmm. uh, which was a podcast about podcasts. Yes. Uh, on episode three, uh, box cutters mm-hmm. were guests. Me, Brett, and John. Yeah. Uh, guests on your show talking about making box cutters. Yeah. And then episode four never happened. The podcast died. It did died. kind of break me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, normally it was a 20-minute podcast, and I think we were there for like two Hour hours or yeah. something. Had you achieved all your goals at that point? You got box cutters and you got Jesse Thorne. <laughs> yeah, true. I had Jesse Thorne, and, yeah, there's another guy that I used to listen to a lot. Um, that his name was Josh. Um, he did here with Josh and Sarah. and I, oh, yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if I had Ira Glass, then I could have maybe done a fourth episode, but... You're saving it till Ira's in town. Yeah, and you know, I, I in fairness, I, I feel like maybe I moved on to bigger and better things. Now, now that you are uh, uh, one fifth of uh, of Joy's Breakfast team, <laughs> maybe one tenth because there's like two oh, presenters. Two you know, yeah, yeah, but some people are dead weight, so I would <laughs> yeah, say you, take you, it. You carry that take show, Jade. Tell, tell us about uh, what what you like to do with television. How do you how do you like to watch it, and what do you like to watch? Uh, okay, um, I never watch television on the television. That's mm-hmm. So old school. Respect. 
Um, so I, I, I normally download stuff or um, I have Netflix um, and I feel like I'm allowed to have Netflix because my girlfriend is American. So oh. I feel like it's our civic duty. Oh, I see. So, um, so she, she also has, she has an American credit card, an American bank account. That makes having Netflix so much easier. Yes, yeah. Uh, why, why don't you have an American girlfriend? <laughs> I, I need to speak to Lyndall about this. Can about, she become American? I need to speak to her about her yeah. citizenship. <laughs> uh, the uh, do, do you need to tunnel through a, a VPN though? To yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. It's right. not legal. No, no. It's 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 perfectly somewhat. It's the future. And legal. the best thing over the weekend happened to me where we got it set up on Apple TV as well. So Ooh. you know Netflix on Apple TV. Good right. Lord. Yeah. Right now, let, let's just let's just put that into perspective. You do have a girlfriend that, that you live with, but the best thing that has ever happened to you <laughs> is is setting up Netflix I, on I Apple TV. I think she would agree. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's the best thing that happened to both of you. <laughs> you both agree. I'm not going to doctor Phil. We were, I mean, before I came in tonight, we were sitting there watching was, Netflix on Apple say, TV. I'm surprised you've come out of the house. <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah, was I, tough. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep the 150 bucks <laughs> as I'm watching stuff. Yeah. I'll give you more money. Leave me alone. <laughs> So what's, uh, what's what's your favourite thing at the moment that you're watching? Um, okay, well, uh, my favourite thing of all time is X-Files and I talk about it all the time mm. and I always reference it in everything I ever talk about. So it's really hard for me to get over, any, like, you know, I saw this uh, ad for Bones and it was like they were doing a, a movie version of Bones and I, like, was screaming at the television because <laughs> X-Files did that years and years ago and it was a bad episode. Like, mm. the, Do oh. you learn nothing, Bones? Yeah. You learn nothing. Anyway, so... But so I find it really hard to watch modern television because <laughs> <laughs> you've been ruined. Because like, X Files did it all yeah, so much better. I was watching. I watched this episode of How I Met Your Mother, and I saw like a guy that was a bit part in the X Files. I was like, <laughs> he was on the X Files. He was in this episode. But anyway, I um, at the moment I'm, I'm watching Game of Thrones, Parks and Rec, um, Community, Dirty all the Rock. classics. Yeah. I'm having a, a similar problem with uh, Sons of Anarchy at the moment. So I'm, I'm watching Sons of Anarchy for this Acme show that I'm doing May 31st at Acme, live in the studio, talking about Sons of Anarchy. And and Skinner from X-Files... Yeah, yeah he is, is too. He, he plays, he plays a, an Aryan... He plays an Aryan he's motorcyclist. Hot. He's even hot as a huge racist. But but I just I don't buy him in the role because I'm like, where's your suit? Yeah. I always say that I can't I can't see Gillian Anderson or David Duchovny in anything else because then I have to admit that Mulder and Scully aren't real. So oh. yeah, that's like it. I didn't know that. <laughs> so Californication. No, I can't watch it. And you know, I've seen that Gillian Anderson like is getting like really good um, English roles. Yeah, House of, yeah. House of yeah. Mirth. And all of that kind of stuff, you know. And people are telling me, "Oh, you have to go watch her in this. She was really good in it." I can't, yeah, no. I can't do it. It's not wow. Well, J- Jade, as uh, as as a guest donor, mm-hmm. you uh, you get some special stuff. You, you get to come on the show. Yeah, that's uh, the only reason you get I a, donated. Really, <laughs> you bought your way into this. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could have. You could have. You, you get an excellent bag from Crumpler. Yeah, which you can use for putting stuff in. It oh, fits. That's what my girlfriend's getting for setting up Netflix on the other Oh, oh. that's that's. And well, she can she can iron on to that. Yeah, a box cutter's iron on patch. Oh, thank you. Or two. Uh, or two. Well, one one for one for her bag and one for your jeans. <laughs> on the knee. On the mm. knee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you, that's nice. That's that's classy. Mm. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, we're going to be talking about the new HBO show Girls. Uh, you may have seen it on uh, Netflix, Jade. <laughs> I've heard about it from That's, Twitter, but I have yeah, not watched right, it. Right. That's yeah. enough. Uh, and Ben McKenzie is going to come in to talk about uh, things you may have missed. Muppet, yay! <laughs> you know, like Kermit arms. <laughs> is, is that what you do when Ben McKenzie walks into the room? Yeah. Do you do hey. Kermit arms? That's... That's how you celebrate his existence. Yeah. It's good to know. I like yeah. Things you may have missed. Uh, made Marion and Her Merry Men, which I'm quite excited about because I loved it as a, as, as a youngster on the, on the television. Not that young. I wasn't that young. I still loved it. Uh, we've, uh, we've, we've got one thing. We've got pork with Toby Halligan. Yay! Surprise! Toby Halligan actually in the studio to, uh, to do places we have strayed. And I'm pretty sure we're going to stray a lot. In, uh, in in this episode. I'll see what I can do. As always, though, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Box 
First up in the news, uh, and and this is important to pretty much every single box cutters listener. What about the ones that are dating people? (laughs) Dead joke. (laughs) Anyway. Every every box cutters listener uh, needs to know that Dan Harmon has been kicked off Community. Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, the writer of most of the episodes of Community, the heart and soul behind Community. Sony Pictures has uh, has uh, decided that he will no longer helm Community as, and, and, as the showrunner. And done in a very professional way in that they released uh, the information to the media at about five o'clock on a Friday when he was on a plane without telling him. Yeah, and so he, he landed and uh, and then he landed, discovered like via Twitter and mm. text messages that he'd been kicked off. Not from the people that kicked him off either, just other people. No, and uh, and then wrote a, uh, a really long uh, blog post on his Tumblr, which we will link to uh, from worth this, reading. this episode. Really, really worth reading. And, uh, and he... He talks a lot about how he didn't know it was happening. He doesn't know why it's happening. Uh, something else that has uh, that, that has uh, um, come out after uh, after that happened is that uh, they are also changing the night. Yeah, they're moving it to Fridays. Is moving that right? It, moving it to Friday night. Um, so what, not what only night they, is it on now? I think it's Thursday nights. Okay. So they're moving it to, to Friday nights, and as we know, changing nights. Four four seasons into a into a show that's really a, a success story. I read I read an interesting review, not review, a sort of article about this on in Time magazine or online about um, they were saying that it won't go to syndication until it's had another season, and so the guy who wrote the article was essentially thought that basically what they're trying to do is get it through another season, even if it isn't very good in some you know back back lot kind of time slot. And then try to make the money off syndicating it. But why would they? Why would they make it a terrible season? That's that's what I don't know. Why would they take Dan Harmon away from it, who has done such wonderful work? Mm. Uh, the last three episodes of this series of Community were just superb. They had one that was uh, entirely in the uh, in the style of uh, an old sixty four bit video game. Uh, they had uh, they had one episode that was like a Law and Order episode. Mm. Uh, they have done such great and work in in breaking out of the ordinary shell. And those things are really a very kind of auteur sort of things to do to a TV series as well. They're not... Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. they're not something a, a team writer is going to do. It's something... It's your baby. You make it that way. Um, so, obviously, it wasn't going well somewhere in there for them to do that. Um, and who who knows what the logic behind it is? And all the uh, all, all the cast members of uh, of Community who who are quite big on Twitter mm. uh, have uh, tweeted a whole lot of words of support for for Dan Harmon, which is going to make it very difficult for the two people who are taking over from him. These two people who are taking over from him, very talented in their own right, but are not the the holders of the vision. But it's interesting because he's obviously by writing his his post about it, gotten out in front of the story in saying, you know, I didn't know anything about this because I know more about his side of it than I know the spin that they were trying to put on it. I don't even know what the spin they were trying to put it on it was. I think they said that he was going to be still around and consulting. Which, yeah, which, which he says in his post that he's allowed to do, but will have no, no bearing yeah. on it. He only owns 10% of the show as well, so they can pretty much do whatever they want with it. Yeah. So, But, but in saying that, I've, I've read all of that side of it, but I haven't, you know, usually there's a bit of spin on you know, what they're trying to do, at least, or what they say they're trying to do. But I haven't heard, even heard any of that. No, neither. And no. I, you know what? I think they just want to hide it. I think they're not trying to do spin so much as just brush it under the carpet. Mm, they've, they've, yeah. And that is the Box Cutters News. Be honest. You're sort of flattered by the whole thing. I'm not flattered by sexual harassment. Why not? I love that stuff. Sir, I have half a mind to call the authorities. How dare you? <laughs> You should hump him. That is disgusting. I would never. He would like that. I would never. Why? For the story, Hannah. Well, I can't fuck anyone because I have a boyfriend. Who? Adam. I told him everything. How he was torturing me. How sad I wasn't. He responded in such a lovely way. He, like, kissed me and kissed me and kissed me. And he said, be who you are. And he touched my face. And, like, we're basically together now. Right. Well... You know, guys like that will try anything once. 
even love. New Hollywoodkind Lena Dunham is behind the HBO series Girls. It's a look at four 20-something women in New York trying to make sense of their lives and their relationships. Dunham uh, plays Hannah. Now, if you, if you don't know who uh, Lena Dunham is, she, she did a film called uh, Tiny Furniture. It uh, played at South by Southwest in 2010, and uh, then everybody went absolutely crazy for her, and then HBO gave her a series. She plays Hannah, an aspiring writer who is forced to quit her internship when her parents cut off her allowance. She's in a relationship with a guy who asks for some very particular things in the bedroom, but will never go out with her in public. Uh, her friends are Alison, a gallerina who is overloved but unsatisfied by her boyfriend. Jemima, a precocious and affected free spirit who has just returned from London. And Shoshana, a reserved and younger woman. She looks up to Jemima and wants to be as outgoing, but doesn't know how. Now, obviously, four women in New York and their sexual exploits, the comparisons to Sex and the City are, are obvious, to, to the point where Shoshana actually has a poster of the previous HBO series on her bedroom wall. But the portraits of the, the women in Girls feel so much more real than anything we ever saw in Sex and the City. There's subtext here and a, a feeling of so much more beneath the surface, but not knowing how to come out. And I've, I've got a little uh, clip. I am so impressed. Seriously, it looks awesome in here. It's like a Target ad. Perfect. A Target ad? Yeah. Everything has a place. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think it came out pretty good. You're right. It's not quite Target ad, but whatever. I kept telling you. I kept telling you to come over. You never told me to come over here. I did. I told you a bunch of times. And then I stopped. Yeah, well, it's not exactly easy for me to get here from work, so... It's not that hard. I I take the bus to the train. Yeah, well, you never sleep here. So... Well, I will now. And there's also a, a big understanding of the awkwardness of sexual compatibility that we haven't seen before. Uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of honesty in in girls. Uh, it's it's a world that I'm unfamiliar with, but it doesn't feel really all that forced. There is a, a, a large amount of the same uh, re- reality, emotional uh, excitement and shame of of being a 20 something that uh that I've, I've not seen on on television before uh and there's also this kind of explicitness in in the sexuality that i think would be pornographic but for the ordinariness of it does it turn you on to watch me touch my own cock kind of yeah or does it disgust you do you think I'm really bad? No, I don't think you're bad. I mean, everyone does it. Do you I think don't... I'm pathetic and disgusting? Yes, actually. You do? Why? Why do you think that? Because there's a woman standing less than 10 feet from you, and all you can do is play with your own cock. Is it bad? It's really bad. It's pathetic and bad and disgusting and weird and lazy. Plus, if you have a big cock, you should use it on a woman. It's not that big. It's not? No. Maybe that's why you don't want me to touch it. Maybe you're embarrassed because it's not that big. Maybe. You like this, having me watch you? I do. I like it. What do you like about it? No, put your shit down. Put it down. That's not what this is. That's pretty much girls in in a nutshell. It is this uh, constant uh, masturbation with other people watching. It is this, uh, this, this sense of... I need to explore more about myself, but I'm also confined by what society is expecting and everything is, is an exploration. That's, that's the way I see it. I really like it. I think it's, it's got humor. It's got honesty. It's got, uh, it's got drama. And I'm not looking at you, Courtney, cause I have no idea what you, what you think of it. I'm really hoping that, that you like it, uh, as a, as, as a, a, a Basically, I'm just hoping that you like it because it's been a long time since we've done a show that you liked. I just feel guilty. (laughs) You don't have to feel guilty about this. I love it. I think it's really great. And I think um, a lot of what you said is really interesting. Um, I think uh, it's it's very much... 
I I'd never really watched Sex in the City to to be fair, um, so I don't know. But I think it comes much more from sort of the precedent of like Seinfeld in that the characters are happy with how unlikable they are. Not happy, but they're just presented in, you know, in that flat kind of that's how they are. And it's not, it's more drama than Seinfeld was, obviously. It's, 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 it's dramatic. Um, but it also has a lot of the good things that I really like about, like, Louis. Because um, it has that really, you know, that's really bleak. Yes. You know, that, that last scene especially. And the fact that he doesn't notice in her voice the sadness and the anger that she's feeling. That she plays really well. She's wonderful. She's a wonderful actress. How much do you hate her for being so ridiculously talented? <laughs> I don't because yet, she, actually. Lena Dunham not, not only stars in it, but also writes every episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. So just... Extraordinary work from yeah, her. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, and I and I find it really, um, I I find it really good because I feel like oh, I I am in my twenties. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so many things. Like, twenty something made me wish we had less tight gun laws in this country. <laughs> Where and oh, I love you so much. made me feel so old. Whereas when I watch this and I go, yeah, that's that's how I feel. And that kind of it, that. One of the the later episodes, I was watching one of the later episodes today, and it's not giving anything away particularly, and she's sort of in this half, you know, trying to move away from what she has been and how she's been growing up into who she's going to be. And she goes on this date with this boy who's really lovely, and, you know, it's not much. She keeps going back to this guy who treats her like crap and is, Mm. you know, a complete douche, but for some reason she has a genuine connection to him. And I think um, it... It shows that kind of Pandora's box you get into when you're in your 20s where you sort of realise that sometimes the people you most engage with are the biggest assholes, but they are also the people you do you know, like you genuinely feel something about. And when, when you're in your 20s, you're also, you think you're going to be that way forever. Yeah, of course you do. And, and what I love about this is some of the characters are discovering that they're not. A lot earlier than the others, and, and there's that divide. Yeah, but it's and it's and it really shows that thing, which I don't think I don't think any show has really seen where, um, and it's also been criticised for the fact that you know the first scene opens with her her parents saying we're cutting you off from paying for you. So now you have to get rid of your internship and saying how, well, it's all about rich white girls and all that sort of thing. Mm. But I think it really shows the fact that in your 20s, you spend 10 years realising everything you learnt in the first 20 years of your life means nothing at all. And so you have this wonderful combination of knowing everything and knowing nothing and constantly being slapped in the face with, you know, the things you believe not actually meaning anything or not being believed by other people. And, you know, so she's she's this amazing character and you can see that she'll grow up into this amazing woman who's smart and funny but she's also really uncertain and you know and you can you can see it in her but because everybody around her is doing the same thing nobody really notices and it's a very lonely thing as Mm. well um i think it's a wonderful show brett has this been described as a comedy uh no i don't think so no yeah. It's, it's clearly it's clearly a dramedy. Like there's humour in it. It's there, there is some lightheartedness, but uh, it's uh, you know it, it's very much a drama. I had to. It's lucky we have the rule of three, Josh, because around well, about uh, to, to be fair, I think you're the only one left. Around but. about halfway through the <laughs> second episode, I thought I am just over these freaking overprivileged cockheads who have no idea about how the world actually works but um having having stuck with it through i, I think i've watched four episodes so mm. i haven't seen the latest the what you described mm. um it, it it is settling down into what i think is going to be quite an interesting drama following these and and you know the 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 in a nutshell kind of description from people who saw it at at uh, south by southwest when we were over there mm-hmm. um they had a special screening of it we're saying oh you know it's 20 somethings and it's sex in the city but it's not at all like no. so much of that was about consumerism and and having the right shoes and all that sort of mm. stuff it's it's the counter to to sex in the city mm. it is uh it is reality where sex in the city was was so largely fantasy and and and, and that thing you were talking about too about how if if it wasn't so kind of bleak in some ways um it would be pornographic um and it's it's just not like the frankness about it you know uh, lena dunham is so 
you know, she takes her top off, she's sitting in a bath eating a cupcake. Like, you know, it's very... It makes me feel a lot better about having no idea about my life. Like, I was driving here tonight eating a burger while I was driving the car. And it made me go, well, that's fine. You know, like, because that's... You don't... Anyway. You've only got three weeks left of that. And then I'm screwed. And then you you can't do that anymore, Cordy. I think she is amazing. And it's it's very easy to focus on her Mm. in, in, in a review. What do you think of the uh, of the supporting cast? But we'll, we'll 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 start with the other with the other three young women. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, and the note that I've written is that they certainly the other girls remind me of what my life would be like if I'd stayed friends with the girls I went to high school with. Um, in that they absolutely are very privileged, and you know they they and all the things that privilege implies. Mm-hmm. And she's been criticised by only having white women on the show, like white people essentially, and she, her response to that has basically been, well, that's what I know um, so that's what I'm talking about but um, I think the criticism of that isn't really about her so much as about the networks not putting shows with more varied people in it, whereas when I watch this show, I, you know, I I'm interested to see what these characters do and what they're like, because I know people that are like that uh, Not else, sorry, Jemima Jemima. Is she the she's babysitter she's the, one? She's the precocious babysitter. Yeah. So, so uh, the with, one with the accent. With the affected accent. Uh, Jesus, what a pain in the ass she is. She is... Uh, she's like so many women I knew in my 20s mm. who uh, it took me a long... It took me a long time to realise that I didn't want to be friends with them. No. Because she is so charming and, and loving and when she wants... When she wants When something. she wants your attention, mm. it's very easy to give her... The, that attention, mm. uh, but completely unreliable. She if, no loyalty. If she doesn't want anything of you. Yeah. No, no loyalty at all, and uh, and a, a really again an accurate representation of of an archetype. Yeah, and and completely self absorbed in that I'm very beautiful and interesting and you know fascinating, and so everyone will just do what I want them to do, and I don't have to do anything, which I think is a lot about like. A lot of teenagers are just sociopaths who haven't learned any better yet, which you can understand if you've spent, you know, two decades with everyone just doing everything for you and not knowing what having everything done for you actually means. So you don't think that's a generational thing? No, not at all. I think just young people are like that. There is so much that we could talk about uh, with with this show. I think that there are levels and levels and levels, and it's just it's a joy to have something like that to talk about. But we're running out of time because we've also got Ben McKenzie here to talk about Maid Marian and her merry men. Uh, Girls is on HBO or possibly on the Netflix or some other thing that uh, Jade Gulliver could uh, could get it on. Or maybe Torrent. I don't know. You could you could find it from Get somewhere. Get it though. It's really good, and it's only half hour episodes. So just watch like four of them, and then no times happened, and you'll know that it's as good as we say. In and fact, it, twenty minutes of vision. Number of people have pointed out that if you just search for the term "girls" on BitTorrent sites, it's true. it is still a very difficult show to find. So you've got uh, to make sure you click the TV. When when it asks you what Category. kind, yeah. otherwise yeah. all sorts. But of also, things. you get two broke girls at the moment. There's a lot of that. That's not what we're concerned about. Ben McKenzie. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to Box Cutters. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. And you know, I was just thinking, I've been in these studios many times. I've never been in this particular studio. In Studio One. Studio Echo, as I like to think of it. <laughs> it's weirding me out. It's set out just slightly differently. The mm. I don't even know what it is about it. It looks the same. You can see the outside from in here. That's weird. It's the natural lights streaming in from from the dark beautiful... of ten past eight. Ben McKenzie, uh, last time you were here, you were banging on a Big Bang Theory, <laughs> and we had a whole lot of letters saying he's right, uh, and one person who I bumped into saying, "Oh no, it really picks up." Uh, <laughs> really, that 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 was that that was. A, a, Pretty much it. Uh, yeah, look, I didn't say anything about the good things about Big Bang Theory because... There aren't any? Uh, no, it, there's some good gags in it occasionally. It's like it's really tightly written and the cast are all very great. Uh, you know, they're all doing a great job. It's just the premise and, of the characters in the show is too flawed for me. I, I really like, for, for example, I really like that their elevator ne- never gets fixed. I like yeah. that. That's, you know, that's, that's that is a, nice. That's, that's a fun little thing. But you're not here to talk about that. You're here no. for things you may have missed. Today I'm here to talk about something I love. 
Now, this, this is a show that you love and it's not Doctor Who. I know. I, I said on uh, Twitter what? when I was saying I was going to be here, I'm going to talk about my, one of my favourite TV shows. And no, it's not the one you're thinking of. Because even though some people even know me well enough to know that there are other shows I love other than Doctor Who, uh, probably most of them would not think of this show. Well, I don't know why I'm you know, teasing the audience because you've <laughs> I, already mentioned it. I, I, I have, but... Uh, but but I like I like teasing them as well. So this this show yes was on uh, was was on, <laughs> on ABC. Like sale of the century. Oh well, no, someone we, try and we guess s- in. We saw it on on ABC. Oh, we saw it on the ABC. ABC yes, in, absolutely. In on a weekday afternoon. Yes. Starred uh, Tony Robinson, who you might remember from Blackadder. Question it, time. It, yes, it was Question Time. Courtney's favourite show. Maid Marian and and her merry men, which Correct. I uh, you know watched accidentally because that's that's what five. 30 on uh uh on a weekday was was for just yes. just after school watching the abc just seeing what what was going to come on that's how i discovered a lot of the shows that i absolutely love uh and that's how i discovered maid marion and and her merry men it's so good what was it about the show that uh that, <laughs> he's got that he's got that far away looking he does oh, i do i they don't make like i see i i get quite passionate about children's television when it's good because mm-hmm. for the same reason I get passionate about children's literature when it's good, which is why I got excited about Harry Potter. Because so, when I was a kid, when I, when, I, when I was a bit older than, you know, the age when you would normally be being introduced to Harry Potter these days, the only books you could get for kids were crap. They were really bad. Like, the things that all the kids were reading were goosebumps, like these horrible, churned-out, mm. formulaic sh- books. And, and it was the same with children's TV for a while when it came to, like, you know older slightly older kids tv i'm not talking about like really young kids tv and and i find i see a bit of that now when i'm at home and i turn on the tv in the afternoon and you see these shows which are all about these angsty relationships between pseudo teenagers and it's all really horribly badly written dialogue and it's the same show all of these shows are all exactly the same except that the premise is slightly different so these are all little kids in a high school who have fraught relationships with each other and their parents and teachers and their high school has a black hole in it uh, and then you have an <laughs> Another one that's exactly the same, but it'd be like, and their high school is haunted, right? And they're all one of them is Dracula's son. Actually, that one's not uh, that bad. No, that one's not that bad. I, I was going to pull myself up and say, no, young Dracula, actually, that's, pretty good. But I, I thought you were making that one up. No, no, no it's true. Oh. It's true. I didn't make up the black hole one either. That's real. It's uh, black hole high. It's terrible. You but, also you also didn't make up the one the, the haunted one, but in that one, the, the main characters are ghosts, and it's yeah. Uh, that one actually yeah, also that. not as bad as the others. So I've actually picked the two <laughs> worst examples. Not bad ones. But they are. They're terrible. And this show, the thing I love about Maid Man and Her Merry Men, it is a show for kids, but all the characters are adults, for starters. So they're all good actors. Are they like, kids, would, kids show adults or adults adults? Uh, they are. Well, interestingly, they well they are kids show adults. You would not see these characters on a, an adult, a program for adults. The Bill. You wouldn't. Say, well, you'll see many of the actors. On oh, right. Okay. Um, but you wouldn't not see many of them characters. No, you wouldn't see them as as characters. Not the same way. But you would see them on, say, an adult sitcom. Oh yeah. Like it is. Is it because it is also it is a comedy show. It's important to say that this is not a drama for kids. This is a comedy for kids. But the quality of the gag writing, the comic timing, the cast. The ideas, the relationships between the characters are brilliant because they don't spend all this time going, Ooh, well, will they be, you know, is there romantic tension or is this person like this person in a sort of year five kind of way like they do in a lot of those kids shows? No, it's all about the action and the adventure and uh, and what crazy mischief have they got into and how they're going to get out of it this week. But I think the thing that keeps me coming back to it, the thing, the reason why I still love it now is it's just so funny. <laughs> like, it is seriously one of my favourite British comedies of all time. Like some of the gags in it. I mean, it's not just that Tony Robinson is in it. Um, he wrote it, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't write it by himself. Although you don't often see many other credits. First, first episode he did. Uh, he wrote most of it oh, by okay. himself, uh, or at least he's certainly the the main or, or only credited writer on most of it. But um, a couple of the cast members um, who played his offsiders, uh, Mark Billingham and David Lloyd, they also wrote some of it, um, and. They're just the gags are so good, and some of them are like they're blackout worthy mm. kind of <laughs> for puns and 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 bon mots. I mean, one of my it's, it's Tony Robinson. He gets to play a character who's very much like Blackadder, in a way, and that he's he is crafty and conniving and a bit evil, but his plans never quite Come go on. right because mm. he's the bad guy. Mm. Um, uh, this is probably a good time to talk about the premise, so we can we can start oh, fitting people sure. into in, 
uh, into actual roles that so people might be familiar with. if you've not seen it, uh, it's basically the story of Robin Hood, except it's the true story of Robin Hood, which is that Robin was actually a cowardly tailor from Kensington, and Maid Marian was the brains behind the whole outfit. It was her idea. So it's almost a feminist kids TV show. It, it really, it really is yeah. because she she gets everyone together and uh, and and shows the uh, the the power and skill of of women in a time when uh, women and peasants are really looked down upon, like yeah. um, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, like a, a lot like seventies Britain. And mm. they do they do do. I mean, there's a lot of there's actually quite a there's a fair bit of political humor. I'd revised that sentence three times, but it's true. There, there's there's a fair bit of political humor in it. They do they make so many references to stuff contemporary stuff that was happening. So this show came out the late the first series was eighty nine, and it continued on sort of the, to the mid nineties. And they did a lot of references to things like the Channel Tunnel, to uh, to the GC- GSCE. I've got that around the wrong way. GCSE, um, and and all these things that were that the kids who were watching would have known mm. all about. Uh, and they never, but they never do it with that sort of winking. We're breaking the fourth wall, kids. Kind of way that you see in some other kids' TV shows, where they're mm. like, "Yeah, we're a show about space, but we're talking about doing your homework." Wink, wink. Uh, no, that, they're not doing that. That being said, there there is still quite a lot of pantomime breaking the fourth wall. Oh, well, you know what? It, there's, there's very little actual breaking of the fourth wall. There's a lot of uh, playing with conventions of other media. Like, they do a lot of... There's so much music in the show. This is one of the other strengths. Of it. There's songs in every episode, and the music is brilliant. Like, I, I used to get these songs stuck in my head for days, and still now I can remember the lyrics to a lot of them, probably because, you know, I transcribed them for the internet, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, awesome. But uh, but also because they're just so brilliant, and they're catchy, and they do them like these big musical numbers. So the whole, the whole thing is set in a village, uh, a little village, you know, in Nottingham, uh, which is overseen by the sheriff on behalf of King John and the village is called Worksop and it's it's just basically there's nothing there like in the first episode the introductory song um, which is sung by Danny John Jules who uh, famously was in Red Dwarf his cat yeah and he plays uh, the character of Barrington who is described frequently as a raster so he's he's this this black guy with dreadlocks and he wears you know the Rastafarian sort of hat and he's always he's the cool one right so and uh, he sings this song narrating the fact that all they've got in the village is mud. And he comes out and it's almost like a rap. He's like, mud, mud all over the street. It's under your feet. It's mud. And it's like, what? What's going on? And then it's just this whole song about how crap life in the village is because that's all they've got to eat. It's all they've got to build with. It's all they get paid in. <laughs> um, and, and that's the first, like, you know, the start of the show. And every episode has got at least one song like that that you just, it, you know, it lifts your spirits. It's so silly and funny. And, and forwards the story. It's like really good musical theatre. Do, th- do you think it would be good as a um, an introductory, uh, a way to get your kids to learn to like Blackadder? Yes, I absolutely. If I had kids, I would I would get them to watch this. Watch bef- this early. This is the sta- step one. Yeah. But you know, there's no intermediate step. Step one, yeah. Maid Marian and a Merry Man. Wow. Step two, Blackadder. Once once they hit eight, yeah. <laughs> stop messing around. Yeah, but don't Either show make them sneakers or watch more TV. Yeah, <laughs> but don't show them. Blackadder goes forth until they're at least 15. No, yeah, because it's pretty dark. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll destroy their <laughs> yeah, little souls. Yeah. Uh, but my, my, my favourite memory from Maid Marian and a Merry Man is because I, I know the, or I knew the Robin Hood story mm. so much, and there are aspects of the Robin Hood story that, that come out in mm-hmm. uh, th- throughout the, the series. And there's that story of Robin Hood having to... Uh, go in disguise to an archery contest. Yes. Uh, and in this in this one episode of Made Marian and Merry Men, Robin does go in disguise to an archery contest, but he goes dressed as a chicken. Yes, the, <laughs> as, as um, Robin, the Incredible, chicken. The incre- the incredible uh, chicken. That's his disguise. That's the second ever episode, and it's just, oh, yeah, that's such a brilliant moment. Cause that, and that also is one of the things where they do great parody. They do amazing parody in the show, some of which is subtle, some of which is not subtle at all. And during the archery contest, one of the things that they're satirised is television coverage of darts competitions. Yes! So they're firing their arrows into the into the targets, but instead of hitting it, you know, like in the bullseye, they're hitting numbers around it like it's a darts thing. And there's a commentator coming up and going, oh, yes, he's got 180! And it's, it's hilarious. It's so... Oh, 
oh, it's just genius. I think the the joy of, of really good kids TV is that you can watch it when you're a kid and go, this is entertaining, and then you watch it again, you know, 10, 20 years later, and you think, oh my god, I had no idea that this was based on another story, you know, like based on Robin Hood or, mm. you know, making reference to cultural things that were happening at the time. It can go completely over the head of children and yet they can still enjoy it and then later on you can appreciate it for what it is. A, a lot of the jokes were very much of its time, though. Do you uh, think Do you think it holds up to, some to them, watching today? Look, some of them were. I think some of them were not. Like, a lot of my favourite gags in it are just... They're just that Blackadder style wit, you know, where, where one character's either putting down another character or, or it's just banter that really works. And some of it is so simple. And it's also that they've got these characters that are great archetypes that, that play off each other. Because you've got Marion, who is not just the brains of the operation, she's also flawed. She's a great, because Marion's fantastic. Kate Lonigan plays her she's brilliant um and uh, the other thing about it uh, i'm going off a tangent slightly is that the cast did have not well known most of them from anything else tony mm. robinson and danny john jules are the exceptions everybody else has not done a lot of other stuff that people would have seen um except kate lonigan who went on for a very long run in casualty uh but most of them unknowns but they work so well together and they just have these great character moments where they're bickering or they're, they're trying to come up with a plan and they won't agree with each other and they it just works so well so i actually think that the the nice the things that are of the time they are in there but a lot of them are fairly subtle and they're not they never base a whole episode around something that you would have to go back and you won't get it like there's one called um tunnel vision which is in part about the building of a, a tunnel between workshop and somewhere else in in england and they make a joke about the fact that it'll be finished on june 6th 1996 which is the date that the channel tunnel was supposed to be finished at the time and that was in 1993 when they were making that episode and um and that's that's just an aside, and you can still get that. I think now you just go, oh yeah, it's a council project; it's going to take forever. Um, but yeah, the, just the just the interplay, the character stuff. I love it. I love it. Brett, Brett did you ever did you ever see Mad Marion in a Marion? No, I missed it. I, I, I'm really uh, gutted now. You don't need to be it's, gutted. It's you can get the whole thing on DVD. Oh. As I found out when re-researching Yay. for this, this is why I was so pleased. Like not only was I pleased that I get to talk about it, but I looked it up on the internet. Oh, I wonder if it's out on DVD. I know they did the first series. They probably never did the. <gasps> there's a box set mm. with special features. Oh, the future so is seasons. good, isn't it? It's four four series. Most of them are only six episodes. The last one is seven episodes. And in fact, the last episode of the last series is my all-time favourite. But it's one It's one of those ones... You were talking about community earlier and making me sad by revealing to me oh, the so Dan sorry. Harmon knowledge. I did not know that. I, um, I'm talking at a, an event soon where we're talking about our geeky loves. And one of my things that I'm talking about is community. Because... Uh, like my friend Patrick and I now we do the we do the Troy and I big oh. clap we do that every time we see each other and I've started singing Ben and Patrick in the morning and, uh, we can't I stop I know about this we can't stop um, so I'm really sad but the the thing um, the thing that I was going to say about that no I'm too sad about community now <laughs> no, no I, feelings I, I'm talking about um, Bo- box stuff. box sets box sets and it's and I, it is really exciting. That there are extras for it. Oh. Stuff like that. And, but the last episode... Oh, the reason I was talking about community... Uh, here we go. I've refound the thread. <laughs> I knew we'd listeners, get there. Uh, is that uh, their last episode of the last series uh, is like those community episodes where they do something weird. And it probably wouldn't make as much sense if you hadn't seen community and you know who the characters are already. So that, you know, like, like the stop motion animated Christmas episode or something mm-hmm. where they, they kind of parodying themselves... Um, the last episode of Made Marion and Her Merry Men is called Voyage to the Bottom of the Forest. And in it, the Merry Men try and steal this ship that's being delivered to King John. They get on the ship and it goes down a hill and they crash into a river. And when they wake up, they're in an alternate universe. But the only one who can notice is Rabies, who's the enormous, stupid one. Uh, he's the only one who's the same. Everyone else is kind of... but not quite the opposite of what they were before. So, Ben, it's available on DVD. Is it available in Australia on DVD? Do we have to order it from the UK? I had to order it from the UK. And that, again, like, it was a nice step back in the past because I used to buy, because I'm a big Anglophile, particularly when it comes to television, I used to buy a lot of stuff from a website based in Ireland called Blackstar. Mm. Uh, Is it still free shipping? uh, Well, it doesn't exist anymore. It became another site called Send It. 
which does do free shipping, but only to the UK. Boom. So, um, and I got, and I wanted. Well, I agree, but I tried to buy it to watch some because I do have all of it, but I've got it all taped off the ABC on VHS, and I no longer have a VHS player. Oh. And in fact, I also have the Christmas special, which for a long time was really hard to get. It was never shown here in Australia. I got it via exchanging cassettes. VHS cassettes with someone in the UK I say exchanging I have a feeling a guilty feeling that I never sent the tape I was supposed to send back that's bad TV karma and if by any chance the lovely uh, woman who sent me that tape is listening to this what's her name I don't it was, this is like oh, 15 years you ago you don't even remember her name it's a, it was more like 20 years ago I don't only remember only if she's stalking you is no, she, well, she might. She it? might still like Maid Marian maybe she googles it and finds the podcast I don't know but it's uh, if you are out there uh, contact me. There'll be this links is like that the... Channel Seven show. Uh, like home and away. Finding good Friday. Oh, find, find my family. Yeah, oh. it's like that. Yeah, I thought it was more like that thing in the MX where it's like it's, you were on the oh misconnection on the tram. On the tram. And you the had tram. a great rack. <laughs> what you, you she did? A, you, you had a great rack, and I never sent you that tape <laughs> of Maid Marian and her Mary Man. I feel really bad. Well, no, I was sending her a Call tape of something me. else, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, I don't well, even know if what she it could knows, have been. Probably let us away. Know. Could have been a future. Uh, probably uh, neighbours. Could have been neighbours because we were well in the future for neighbours. I used to get in trouble talking to people on the internet because they would spoil <laughs> Red Dwarf for me. So I would say, oh, yeah, Harold came back from the dead in Neighbours this week. And they go, oh, how could you tell me that? <laughs> it was brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. If you watch one Courtney Hawking, if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? You know what I have been uh, enjoying, to my great surprise, has been Agony Aunt on the ABC mm. at 9.30pm. Why are you so surprised? Because Agony Uncles annoyed the crap out of me. Um, I really loathed it. And I I don't know. I didn't. I don't like the, um, the format that it comes from, which is the grumpy old men, grumpy old women thing that annoyed me in that kind of boomers wanking over boomies kind of thing that they've got going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and also, and Agony Uncles, I think, I don't know, there was a certain masculine edge to it that I felt very um, left out of. Like, not oh, left so out of. It's a how-to guide for, for men. Yeah, no, I understand that. Was but it just, for you. <laughs> Right, okay, my bad. But um, Actually, neither is Agony Uncles, uh, aunts. What, no, are you trying to say I'm genderless? No, no, Agony Aunts is also made for men. It's also an instructional for, for men. So it's all for men. It is, mm-hmm. it is all for men. It, it is. That's the, that's that's the point. It's agony aunts is is telling men what, they, oh, what, what women they sh- think they should yeah. do. Interesting. Uh, um, but I, I would like to see the spin off show, Mercamora, you daddy old slut. <laughs> she's awesome. How fantastic she's is so she? Great. I love it. Yeah, she's I'm, a legend. So that's I, I like I like watching agony aunts mainly because I love how much joy she gets out of talking about how much sex she got. Oh, she, it gets and, by the sounds. Gets, yeah, still apparently. Um, I think I still don't like who is it? Adam Zwar that does the voiceovers. Yep. Mm. Still don't like that. Um, I I find it kind of forced and quirky. Mm-hmm. Like the way it's done really annoys me. But the rest of it, I, I really genuinely enjoy watching. Fantastic. I think it's great. Jade Gulliver. Mm-hmm. If you were going to watch one thing this week, um, what would it be? It's, okay, it's not on television. That's fine. It's been cancelled already. That's awesome. Sad. Let's go. Uh, so there's this show that was on BBC Three called The Fades. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Anyway, uh, it's written by Jack Thorne uh, and created by Jack Thorne. It's kind of like a sci-fi, post-apocalyptic, like weird stuff going on. But I absolutely loved it. It only did six episodes and then it got cancelled. Oh, but still, you get through it's, it quickly. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It's got, um, it's you know, there's lots of teenagers in it, so they've got that angsty stuff in there, but it's got some really good themes in it, and I, I won't do it any justice if I try and explain what the fades are or whatever. Just Google it. So but watch it, but don't get attached. <laughs> yes, yeah. don't get attached. Savour it while you've got it. Brett? Josh, it's so hard to come up with a Monday evening uh, recommendation, so I haven't gone with Bored to Death and Louie, which is on ABC2. But, but it's Because one it's already thing. passed. Because it's already it's passed. It's one so, thing. So it can't be my one, one thing. One thing. Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell is on ABC1 on Friday night at 8pm. And that will be my one thing. My one thing is 7.30pm uh, on Friday night. 
So, a possible clash. Uh-oh. On SBS 1, the road to Eurovision with Julia Zamiro. Eurovision yeah. time is coming again. If what, you want it, what's the date uh, the, of Eurovision? Do you know? I, I don't know. I just mm. I just wait for a bunch of people to yeah. come to my house. Oh, uh, see, I, I just wait for the seventeen invites <laughs> on the same night. Uh, it's uh, Ben Ben McKenzie has it. He's he's pointing at his phone. The twenty seventh of June. May. Uh, June. June June May twenty seventh of May. Holy dooly, that's soon. That is that is very soon. So Julia Zamiro, uh, the road to Eurovision. Uh, get all your prep ready. For Eurovision. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Now, we've gone on a little bit long, and I want to make sure that Toby Halligan has as much time as possible to tell us... The Places You Strayed. With Toby Halligan. Hi. Hi, Toby How Halligan. How are you going? Thanks so much for uh, for sticking oh, around. It's good through. to be back here. It's, my God, it's good. To, it's good to have you back. You've the been old... you've been very busy. You've been writing television. I I have been writing a bit of television. It's been rather exciting on the old seven pm project, which now is now called... on at six pm, of and course. Called, and now and now it's called the project. The, the you project. Should, you should probably know the name of the show that you're writing for. Well, it's, it's because all of the emails have seven pm project in it because apparently Channel Ten doesn't have enough money to pay someone in IT. It seems so. To, so <laughs> you. you you forget, you forget. What can I say? The days are so full. There's such a rush. You know, ensuring the people of Facebook when a story about refugees or the dole or have people been, who aren't them. Have you been working with John Hollywood Housen? I, I haven't, no. Why? Because you're sounding a bit like him. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, it's only like imitating someone uh, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's unintentional. But no, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's interesting getting now, to interact with the general public. Now that, you're working, <laughs> now, that, now that you're working for the project, does that mean yeah. we have to stop hanging shit on it? Um, well, no, you, you can hang shit on it. I mean, I probably won't. I'll, I'll <laughs> disagree with you that makes and, sense. and defend it. it, it I, is every defence going to be, and they pay me? Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, here's a, a copy of my bank account, uh, so fuck off. I, um, an, an employed Toby he, Halligan is a happy box cutter, as I yeah, have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, like, it's a, it's a show on commercial TV, so it has the, the, the accompanying flaws that, that come with being a show on commercial TV. Right. I think it's one of the better... Like kind of news shows that are on commercial TV. I know that's not saying a lot. Like it's not This American Life. <laughs> oh shit! Like, yeah, everyone's everyone's really glad I cleared that up. Thanks. Like, hey, just so uh, if you were wondering, it's, um, yeah, Ira Glass is not on the project. I know. Right, uh, where, where have we strayed? So, well, look, obviously we've spent a, a large portion of this episode talking about girls, um, mm-hmm. and not usually your area of interest, Toby. I, I, I because I'm gay. I know because and you <gasps> noticed how I was talking before. That's so, well, that's like it's one John, of the signs. It's like a John it's, Blackman it's comment one of the signs. against Molly Meldrum. That's it's what you just did. Yeah, there. that was good. That's what you did, It's Courtney. good to see that we're both cha- channeling those instincts. I know my people speak with lisps and, and we wear collared shirts and, and we like the colour pink and, and cock. And cock. Um, especially didn't say cock. that. Um, no, no, you didn't. But we were all thinking it, weren't we? <laughs> we weren't we're we? always thinking we it. We were thinking it. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, sorry. Courtney alluded to this um, uh, when we were doing the review of the show, um, but the, the kind of controversy over girls and the fact that it doesn't depict um, ethnic minorities at all has actually kind of been uh, a very, very strong undercurrent. Um, there's actually been quite a big backlash to the otherwise generally overwhelmingly positive reviews of the show. Um, and and that kind of uh, that kind of exploded uh, when one of the staff writers for the show, uh, a woman called uh, Leslie Arthur, uh, responded to the kind of criticisms that girls didn't portray um, African American, Latino women, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, uh, a lot of uh, writers in the Atlantic, the LA Times, and a variety of other media in the United States, um, uh, especially African American writers, were commenting that uh, especially African American women were saying they loved the show, they felt the show addressed a whole variety of significant issues to do with feminine sexuality and awkwardness and being, you know, young and uh, all the stuff that you, you guys alluded to in the review, but that they felt frustrated that it also kind of excluded them, that they felt that mm. they watched the show and couldn't relate to any of the characters because there are virtually no... Um, ethnic characters in the show. In mm. the first episode, the only person of colour that appears is a homeless black man. 
Uh, Blackman. Black man. <laughs> Sorry, that was... That was the only person of colour is John Blackman. No, really John not. Blackman. And, he, uh, and even then... Wearing a cardboard box. really. It's out of character. Um, who, who yells at Hannah as she's uh, walking along, you know. Yeah, you that's right. About, uh, that. That's New York City. Yeah. 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 And, and, and a lot of people have also pointed out that the only other kind of, you know, reference is, you know, that she steals from the housekeeper as well in the, you know, when the envelopes are kind yes. of laid out there. Mm. And although you don't know the race of the housekeeper, but I think people will kind of comment well, that classist, I suppose. Yeah. And, anyway, yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the so one of the staff writers responded to some of these criticisms. Uh, well, people perceived this as a response by, by saying, "What really bothered me most about Precious was that there was no representation of me." Leslie Arfin uh, said. Okay. It. So she was a staff writer. So and this particular staff writer has apparently previously done other interviews as well, where she's you know used the N word and talked about the oh. power of language and things like that. Um, she wasn't using it in a racist context, but it kind of fed into this because basically initiated a second debate that isn't necessarily about the show, but it's about hipster racism, or as a lot of people call it, racism. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, yeah. when when cool people do it basically and obviously that's kind of outside the scope of you know the show especially given we're running short on time but but. in in the same way I mean they don't they also don't represent anyone who isn't heterosexual so far either Ah, uh, homosexual, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Who is not a, a heterosexual. Well, yeah. yeah, well, uh, I guess that's I true. Yeah, her ex. Hey? Her ex. Her, yeah. That's she, true, but I suppose of the of the main cast, which is the, uh, you know, and it, there was the homeless guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms of the main cast, there yeah. are four white heterosexual girls exactly. who are privileged. And and I guess this kind of taps into, I think one of the problems that the show has is that because it's, it's really quite uh, well written and it's sophisticated, and like you say, it's bleak. It's very honest with the way it addresses issues. It's not kind of a Sex in the City style sitcom where no one has any illusions about what it is. Mm. It's actually provoked a stronger reaction, partly mm. as well I think because it's audience, you know it's on HBO and I think the nature of the show means that it's kind of core audience tends to be more uh, intelligent, a bit more introspective, you know, again it's not a big, you know, Sex in the City style you know, just l- lame comedy sitcom mm. um, and because of that it has gotten some very very strong uh, reactions and and uh, as to be fair as well, uh, it's actually something that she's, uh, that Lena Arnhem's uh, responded to uh, Durham, sorry. Uh, Lena Durham. D- Dunham. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah let's call the whole thing off. Uh, what, one of the uh, interesting things about uh, girls is we, we're originally going to look at it with a... Uh, I say interesting. I don't know. It could be interesting. We'll find out later on. We were originally going to look at girls uh, in a compare and contrast with an MTV show called I Just Want My Pants Back. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah. Which is a, another exploration of uh, sex in, in, the, uh, in, in Brooklyn. For, with people in their in their twenties, mm. uh, which was actually cancelled this week, uh, or it hasn't been renewed uh, for for another season, uh, we decided to not do that compare and contrast because girls had so much in it, mm. yep. uh, and and clearly that's that's gone out to to the greater community. People yeah. really understand that there is so much in it, and therefore they expect a, a higher. That's, and- a high quality from it and want a lot more from it. Absolutely. Well. And I think one of the reasons why it's such a good show is because, and Dunham said this in interviews, she's written a lot of it as tapped into her own personal experiences. And, and she's actually said this in several interviews, like discussing kind of the controversy about the, you know, the, the alleged racism of the show or the lack of racial portrayals, mm-hmm. is that she actually didn't want to write tokenistic characters. She, she didn't feel like she mm. could honestly and with the kind of knowledge and experience write, uh, you know, uh, uh, for other main characters. I, th- I really feel like that sort of criticism, and I think I sort of al- may have said this or alluded to it before, it's, it's completely reasonable to make that sort of criticism of TV shows and say, oh, there's, they're all white people and that's very frustrating and there needs to be something done about that. But I really feel like it's not necessarily fair to the creator of the show who is creating something that is genuine to her experience and, you know, a show that is successful for being genuine like that to be annoyed at her rather than to look more broadly at the fact that, you know, if it was if it was a black girl writing a show about her four friends, that wouldn't be, you know, I, ha- I w- haven't seen anything like that on HBO, mm. you know. No, I agree. I think, I think the network... Because they don't get up. And... Well, Exactly. 
That's yeah, the, that's which the point I think I is think. much more I think that's the point Courtney's salient. making. Yeah. The, 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 it's actually the network's responsibility to make these kinds of calls and attacking Dunham for failing to represent other people's experiences yeah. is a legitimate frustration, but it's a mm. function of the fact that TV in general is really quite racist with the way it excludes other minorities. And, and was, to, that, to was that as well... Sorry, the, the show isn't, oh, my aching white middle-classness. Well, are they middle class? Oh. Yeah, it's she's, she's asking for eleven hundred bucks a month for two years to, to get through. It is quite middle book. class. Yeah. Brett, what were you going to say? Um, was were these uh, uh, criticisms levelled at Sex and the City in the day the, in the days that they that was popular on HBO also? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. And, and I don't remember that being that particularly. More, you know. Uh, tokenistic and also an- another criticism that has come out uh, against girls is the relationship that Hannah has with her boyfriend uh, that being quite a controlling and uh, and withholding what's, what's the, re- relationship what's the criticism of that uh, apparently a lot of people in interviews are apparently saying well why why is she with this guy why is she because with this guy? girls in their 20s date people who are morons what I really like about this character is he's a he's a great uh, kind of counter to Mr. Big, who is a very mm. controlling and withholding yeah. uh, s- sexual partner. And and this is the same thing, but a lot a lot more realistic. Mr. Big Absolutely. is a fantasy version yeah. of this douchebag. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. There's yeah. no there's no veneer over this guy. Like he's no. just you know he's just ugly how he is. and kind of real. And I think there were quite a lot of objections to Sex in the City as well. Like it was on for quite a long time. Um, and Sex in the City was absurd with the way you know like people would watch a black character on TV, then they decide they'd go and date. In one case, Samantha dated a black music executive whose sister was a soul food chef. You know, yeah. like, so Sex in the City was well, then, kind of yeah. offensively and, contrived. And also, that's, that's, the, that's the other end of saying, well, you know, why isn't there, you know, there aren't any black people, there should be, like, a more token, you know, and when it's done in that token way, yeah. it's badly done yeah. as well. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think it is a genuine issue that does need to be looked at. I just don't, I don't feel that Leveling it at the creator of the show is. I don't think it can be laid at her door. No. I think I think in this case as well, part of what's really exploded a lot of the debate was the the foolish response of a couple of people yeah. on Twitter, frankly. But but I think what it does raise is a, a, a legitimate and ongoing issue that uh, even networks like HBO that may, uh, yeah. put a lot of effort into creating interesting television that tells compelling stories are still failing to represent the experience of a lot of ethnic minorities Th- in thanks. the United States. Thanks, Toby. Jade Jade Gulliver did. Did you uh, notice any places where uh, where we might have strayed that uh, T- Toby didn't pick us up on? Um, no, but I can say that I feel like, um, picking up on Courtney's point about the girls' situation, it, it kind of rings true with what we hear a lot um, when lesbian shows are on TV. Mm. Whenever there's, like, a lesbian on TV, and I remember talking to John about this on Out- when Outland came out, like, the lesbians get up in arms because there's not enough butchers or there's not enough, you know, <sighs> and it, it's like... There are, like, 90,000 different kinds of lesbians. Yeah. You can't... And, and <laughs> or, only... Do you know what? There's 90,000 different kinds of people. And, and only enough budget for four. Yeah, and this is and and this is I, th- I think one one of the problems. There was only enough budget for four types of people in this show, and is 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 that is that pretty much what you're saying? That yeah, you I'm, can't you can't show everyone. Yeah, I don't you know, and I just think that it's it's, bit, it's a bit um, unrealistic to expect that you're going to be able to res- represent every single type of person. Mm. Well, you, you would get the same thing at, at Joy though. Joy, which is is supposed to be an an inclusive uh, GLBTI to give you the full alphabet. <laughs> is, that, is that it? I thought there was more now. Well, I think they sometimes put Q in there too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, isn't there a Q? Yeah, there just, and then I thought maybe the ge- I made that up. The generically Q. I think we just say alphabet soup. Yep. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> are, nice. there are so many different kinds of people to include in that inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely you must get letters at, at joy about well why isn't there why isn't there a show for uh shaved bears <laughs> yeah. well and, and it, like there's even i mean um i often get touted as like a token lesbian because you know because you're mad for cock well but no but in in some in some ways like um because you know joy has this perception that it's only like there's lots of gay men on there but and and so for oh, that right. reason that reason there's oh, okay. no lesbians or you know but whatever that, you know, oh, right. so 
that's not, radio not that your as well. Lesbianism is token, but yeah, that, and that's yeah. radio. There's, but like there's radio, more, there's many more dudes. men. It, it's it's across the board, and it's mm. not like you know Joy says we don't want lesbians. It's that lesbians are you know there's not yeah, that it's many. both i mean it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing with any of that sort of stuff as well like you don't see those people you know doing it and so less less people want to do it and then because less people want to do it then they don't have to have as many people doing it and you know it it's a cycle it's it's a cycle it's, you you would have had this the same thing uh being a female comedian yes. Courtney, as as a female comedian as genetically female comedian. unfunny and and therefore but very difficult to get gigs exactly mm-hmm. right it's very hard it's, it is very difficult. Well, Jade, I want to I want to thank you so much for not only donating, mm-hmm. uh, but also coming onto the show and and being such a wonderful part of it. Thank, it thank was you. my pleasure. Thank you so much for for being here. That does bring us to the end of Box Cutters episode three hundred and six. I also want to say thanks to Ben McKenzie, who's still in the house. Yeah, my and I just I pointed like I was doing a live show. Yeah, it was like very Letterman. There's no cameras. Love There's no cameras. Very Letterman. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Courtney Hocking. I'm Jade Gulliver. I'm Toby Halligan. I'm guest Ben McKenzie. <laughs> and I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. My name is Jade Gulliver and I donated to the Box Cutters South by Southwest Fund. This episode of Box Cutters was produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley, John Richards and Courtney Hocking. Brett Cropley is the guy who makes it sound good. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the reason you can download the show with ease. And John Richards edits to <laughs> make it less boring. Box Cutters... <laughs> and John Richards edits to make it less boring. Box Cutters thanks... Do I say three triple R? Or? Which, which, I, I say three triple R. Okay. Boxcutters thanks triple R, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. If you enjoyed this show, why not donate some money to keep it going? It's what I did, and I'm kind of famous, but shy about it. Just go to boxcutters.net slash donate and make your choice. Or really, just tell three friends about this show and help them enjoy it. You know, uh, but Brett, I think beautiful. I, I think Jade, Jade, Jade did a great, great job, didn't? Yeah. Didn't she, Courtney? She smashed it. Why well, she really done it before? Like, yeah, like, like, like she, she's uh, a professional. You know, because uh, Courtney's talking about being being professional, and clearly she's not because she's hung up her uh, her headphones <laughs> and and is well off mic. You know who would never do that? Ben McKenzie and this guy. <laughs> Hi, this is Pink Smith. You've been listening to Just Miss Box Cutters.